Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this Friday night edition of Political Straight Talk. I'm your host, Mobile of the Evening, the political superman coming to you live atop Rocky Top. The time on the East Coast, 8.31. Time on the left coast, 5.31. The liberals are getting out of work. Drive time. And I want to know what everybody else wants to know, and that is what in the hell are the Democrats smoking? Because whatever it is, it ain't no good. So let's, before we get into the nuts and bolts and the creme de la creme of the political life, the cheering want to do kitty corner here on Political Straight Talk. So. We're going to kitty corner it, and we're going to talk about what I know is on every kid's mind, and that is the coronavirus and going back to school. So, Dr. Fauci was on Capitol Hill today testifying where he said, and I quote, people need to avoid large crowds. People need to stay away from large crowds. If people are going to be in large crowds, they should wear, and I quote again, goggles and masks, end quote. Later on, he was asked, well, Dr. Pauche, what do you feel about children going back to school? And he said, and I quote, children can get the coronavirus, but their symptoms are much milder than what we're seeing in adult cases. So I feel like schools should be able to reopen. Okay, end quote, Dr. Fauci. I take you back to your previous statement where you said, anyone gathering in large crowds, and large crowd is defined as five or more people not of your immediate family, should wear goggles and a mask. Now, the goggles are relatively new, although it would make some children look awful damn funny walking around school wearing goggles and masks. But I say to you, children, what say you about going back to school with the COVID and having to wear a mask and goggles? Go, Lex. I'll go. First of all, I think I look like Donald Duck if I do wear a mask. Okay. What about wearing goggles all day? I told you I'm almost like Donald Duck. I ain't goggles. Hey, I Did think you you're out. Yeah, like Malachi said, Johnny Shaw 
What your well, thought is walking to like go high up. school wearing you some goggles what? and a mask? I'm wearing a stupid mask. Huh? I'm not wearing a stupid mask. Well, you don't really have to. That's cool. You don't have a choice. So they're going to suspend me out of school for not wearing a mask. Um, though, um, I don't know what the policy is going to be. But I'm sure. I'm pretty sure they might try. That's the stupidest thing I've heard all day. They're impeding my education. What about impeding everything? Yeah, what makes you say? What if you have gym class? How are you supposed to run and breathe? Well, I'm going to assume that they're going to change around some of the stuff they're doing. Can't swear to that. And I have another question. What about all the seniors who graduated this year? What are they going to do for sports? Well, in, in various states, they are doing away with the contact Sports for this fall. Do what? They are doing away with contact sports in most states this fall. What they're finding is that baseball has reopened, the NBA has reopened, but they're finding active COVID cases after these teams play. So Almost all of the Major League Baseball games have been canceled. Also, Jack. Yeah. But what difference? What what difference does it make with the kids? They're able to go back to school. They should be able to resume all activities. Well, you would think that would be the case, given that what Dr. Fauci said today. And like I said. Kids who are seniors who graduate this year. I think he ought to be called Dr. Fola Lucci. Also, Jack, I I agree with the statement that someone said earlier today, and that is opening the schools is easy. Keeping them open is what's going to be difficult. I'm about willing to bet a nickel that they're going to open schools, so there's going to be a few COVID cases, and then schools are going to be shut down. And everybody's going to be back to learning on Zoom or whatever takes its place. Um, what I think about it is I think I look stupid on the first day of school and usually on the picture days is where I'll be wearing a mask and everything. And also, I'd rather do online school. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. So, um... I would rather do online school because you don't have to get up and get ready and you don't have to wear a mask.
and usually on online school, I just get up and take a shower and then put on my shoes and sit. I don't have to quickly, slowly get up. You can do what Mr. does, just throw some deodorant on the armpits and go. Hey, what about your safety? What about your safety? Would you feel comfortable with someone coming into the school wearing a mask and you not being able to see their face? Oh, I got to see Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, now, that's a, that is an interesting thought. That's, that's why I want to do online school, but Mom won't let us. Because Bella actually said but, I want to do online school, too, now. But now I'm going to take the liberal, now yeah. I'm going to take the liberal point of this. But what about all the kids that aren't getting food and all the kids that their parents need babysitters and all the kids that, oh, my gosh, they might have been abused while school was out, and schools can report this stuff. So we need to hurry up and get schools back open. And then there's Bill Gates' TED speech. Oh, Bill Gates. Who's? Bill Gates. Bill Gates' TED speech. T-E-D. Speech. If you haven't heard it, you need to. Bill Gates can kiss my ass. I know what he's after. Same thing he's been after for years with Common Core, social and emotional learning and all that bullshit. He can kiss my ass. Bill Gates is a is a mind unparalleled when it comes to computer software. But he's sticking his nose in an area that he doesn't have any any business cramming it. I agree. I agree. And when he stands on a stage and talks about needing to depopulate the planet, there's a problem. Well, yeah, you know I mean, we, we can solve the depopulation problem by nuking China and a few strategic spots. That takes care of two billion. Next. Well, you know, he's buddy-buddy with Fauci. Well, yes, I'm well aware. But let me let me wrap up Kitty Corner before we get into the major stuff. So, Lexi, you already lost them. Oh, did they leave? <laughs> yeah, because they, we got we got out of the car and Lexi was wanting to finish saying something. But if you want to say something, come here. Okay, they're done. All right. Okay. Well, the issue that schools face, schools are kind of in a conundrum, and I understand the conundrum, because the more the schools are out, the smarter kids are getting. And by the time they get back to school, the indoctrination process is going to be questioned, number one. Number two, the more schools are out, the more parents are going to realize they don't need brick-or-mortar schools to educate their kids, okay? And the more that they don't need these schools and the more that this can be done remotely and parents find out that they actually have a lot more with an online learning platform and can still get the same quality education, people are going to start singing, no, 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 no. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Brick and mortar schools, goodbye. But 
that's a, that's a topic for another time. Um, I want to focus on Dr. Fauci's testimony today. And I'm going to tell you, one of the questions he kept getting asked, and and I was I was really shocked at his lack of an answer. But after he had said people shouldn't be in big crowds and all this, he was asked, so Dr. Fauci by Jeff Jordan, or Jim Jordan, are you saying that protest should be, you know, well dispersed because being in large groups causes COVID? And then he's like, well, I can't, I, you're asking me a political question. No. Question is, you know, he would not answer that question. He yeah. gives his thoughts on dating. He gives his thoughts on schools. He gives his thoughts on everything, but refused to call out these riders mm-hmm. and say, hey, look, if you go out and do this dumb crap, your chances of getting COVID increase exponentially. He's the one in the beginning said not to wear a mask. Say what? In the beginning, Fauci said not to wear a mask. Well, listen. You know, they can't can't decide what is or isn't. And I have to be honest. I keep thinking of, of people wearing these masks. And I will admit, I had to go into Walmart today. And I actually wore masks because a bunch of people were hacking in a coffin, and I was like, well, not interested in getting whatever they got. I put on this mask. Now, the fact of the matter is that while masks may do some good, prolonged wearing of masks is bad. And I'm not a medical person. That's more Amanda's bailiwick than mine. But all I can think about is people breathing into these masks and moisture particles being inhaled back in repeatedly and that stuff getting in your lungs. As Forrest Gump would say, I may not be a smart man, but I know what moisture in the lungs does. Death. Yeah. About the whole masks and school thing, wanted fugitives and sex offenders can just walk near kids and nobody would know it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's an interesting point to put up, and it's a valid point that I'm surprised somebody hasn't raised before now. Or like like Amanda had said earlier, people could have their face covered and go into a school and blow it up. Well, if they do start school, parents are not allowed in school. Really? Excuse me? I can't stop them from being in school. The the hell that'll be happening. I can just go ahead and tell you that. 
I'm just telling you, parents are not allowed. I'm telling you what they're planning on. Parents are not going to be allowed to go into enter into the schools. Well, I'm gonna tell you like I told that old nasty wench in Nashville that it'll be a cold day in hell before anybody stops me from going into any damn school building that my child is in. And uh, I got for you the federal court. Not my rule. Not, not my rule. I don't give a damn whose rule it is. It's unconstitutional, illegal, unconscionable at best. I'm just telling you what they're oh. planning. Well, parents need to be made aware of that, and parents need to rise up. So no. do you plan on firing any teachers that refuse to go to work? I know one of the districts had seven people that were – well, hey, if they don't go to work, they, they're not going to have a job. I mean, most of them are already under contract. And because they don't really have a union in the state of Tennessee, they cannot strike. Right. Tennessee can. A lot of other states can. Yeah, I take so, credit for that because I was one of the ones that set up. And the likelihood of them getting an injunction from a judge is nil. They're not going to get an injunction about not going to school. I will tell you what, I bet parents will get an injunction from judges about going into that school. And that's their right. Uh, That's not my rule. Why is the school not giving an online option to parents? They are. If that's what they choose. Well then, what? Well then, what, well then, would you repeat what you said that was so bad? What? What do you mean? That you guys are discussing because I missed it. Oh, uh, the parents, visitors, and parents are not allowed in the school. You have to drop your kids. So where you know they're they're not going to allow visitors and people to be mingling around, even if you are wearing a mask. They're not going to be allowed. Uh, vendors and things like that are not going to be allowed in the schools. You may make well. I understand parents. vendors, but I don't understand parents. Well, if, if I have my kid up in there in a school and they tell me I can't go in and get them out, they got another thing coming. Well, well, I think I think most parents feel that way. Well, let's let's look at it from this perspective. We know that Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, has a habit of. Uh, having altercations with their kids. However the altercation starts or ends, we know that they have them, okay? We also know that one of the liberals' biggest things about getting schools open is so that they can check on the kids. Well, you know what? I don't trust some of the school systems around here, and I want to be able to check on my kids at any point in time. You know what? It's the same thing. It's just in reverse, buddy. So you want to spout that crap to me, it's time to open the doors. Well, I'm just telling you what they're they're saying. You know, what actually happens is a whole different thing. Well, those kids are around their parents when they get dropped off. No mask. They put their mask on when they get out of the car. So what's the difference? There ain't. And if it's safe enough for my kid to go in there and be around 700 other kids, then it's safe enough for Joe's parents walking You just can't have all kinds of people running around the school. And it's and I agree safe. with that. It's you not do have safe. To have, you do have to have controlled movement. 
I agree with that part right there. However, especially like someone just mentioned earlier about wearing a mask. How many pedophiles yeah. are going to be able to get in there? You know, we agree. We agree, but there has to be a way for parents to access their. Well, I didn't say that. They is there not a is there not a locking system in the schools? Sure. Okay. Is there not a door to buzz in if you want to go to the office or something? Yeah, sure. Okay, well then that, that would be the appropriate way for a parent to enter in to see their kid if it would be necessary. Wandering around on campus and wandering in and out of it because you can't, you know that's going to go back to the, um, you know, who was in that room when Sally Sue uh, had 104 fever and she she now has COVID. It's going to be Which hard for the contact trace. I understand that, but the contact tracing and, and yeah, let's let's shift topics to contact tracing. Because I'm going to tell you what I think about contact tracing. It's a bunch of hogwash. It is a bunch of hogwash, but it's already on all of our phones. If you haven't noticed. And it is. That's why people need to turn that stuff off on your phone. You can't turn it off. But you can turn your phone off when you leave the house. Oh, you can shut your trackers off. You can shut your tracker off. How do you do that? Go well, in and turn off. But I guarantee you, most people that are going out to dinner, when they tell you to scan that menu, don't realize that they're participating in contact tracing when they do that. Correct. They are. And Apple and Microsoft and all the various companies have a way to track that, and it's all fed to the feds. Yeah, I do know that. That's why my locator's off. Unless I need Siri to tell me where something is, I turn it on get my information, turn it back off. It's also smart to leave Siri turned off, although I'm guilty of not doing that. All right, so you call under location services? Yeah, it's under location. Under privacy. Yep, turn that baby off. Where is it exactly on the phone? If you I, do, you have an app? No. Under settings, go under settings and then look for location. Yeah, Tammy's got one of those reject phones. She'll be able to help you. Oh, would you stop? How do you turn? <laughs> How do you turn? You're as bad as you're as bad as the Apple CEO. Hey, Jill. He's got a full. He's got a full. Uh, panel tonight. He's he's feeling his oats. Just go ahead and let him. Yeah. Okay, so I got it. What's it called? Look Send under location. Emergency location service. Google location. No, no. Google location. Privacy. Google. And under it's the Android, the there's a couple of. Different Hello. I have, I have, I have, it I have, says, I have, I have, on my phone, it says 18 of 22 apps have access to location. Yeah, 
Well, that means when yeah. you turn it off, have access. Emergency location service on Google location accuracy on GPS, Wi-Fi, mobile networks, and sensors to help estimate your device's location. Columbia, Tennessee. I wish I had a dollar for every one of these letters I got from whoever, N-E-A-T-E-A, -E -E whoever sent these out. Well, save them. I'm well, I'm well up into the 700 number, if not 800. Now, see, I was under the impression, or I was told, that you had to have an app for contact tracing on your phone, and it was optional to download it or not. Oh, no, wrong. buddy. They didn't, they didn't download them on all of our phones. Yeah, wrong. Well, what's the app called? It's Listen, not an app. It's just on your system. They've been contact tracing for years. This isn't anything new. This actually started, this started early in the Clinton administration. But my point is, is that if, if somebody gets COVID, they're not just going to randomly call everybody in your contact list on your phone. No, but they do that, it by location. They do it by they location. What? They do it by location. Say right. an employee at Chili's has COVID. And they were there and had a fever last Tuesday. They're going to do a search for everybody's phone that was at Chili's last Tuesday. And uh, one of my girlfriend's granddaughters tested positive for COVID. And when, the, when it came back for COVID, her phone started going off the hook because the whole family had been at the lake house. And as soon as that positive came back, her phone, her husband's phone, everybody's phone got a phone call. Someone near you was tested positive for COVID. You might want to get tested. Oh, and that's how, that's how it starts. Well, yeah, but just because somebody... Just okay. I can understand if they're if they're notifying everybody that was at Chili's at that particular time. That makes sense. But somebody who was just on your contact list, it makes absolutely zero sense. No, no we didn't it say they're going to call your contact. If it you are if you go ahead, Sam. If if you all and your family and everybody's together and you're all at the lake house, they're going to call. Everybody that was at the lake house, not everybody that's on your contact list. But they got access to it. Peter Demos has that little square But they thing. can't force anybody to go get a test. No, they can't, but they're going to watch you, and if you're not staying home, they're going to put your butt in jail. That's so wrong. Okay, first of all, the only way that they can do that is if you have a positive test. They can't force you to quarantine if you haven't been tested and tested positive. Do you know, how many, people, you know how many people who have, have, have waited in line, their phone got picked up because they waited in line for two or three hours to have a test, 
they didn't get the test, and they went back home, and three or four days later, they got a letter saying that they were positive. Yeah, I've heard about that. That's why I say, I'm not going to go get a test. Then let them send me a positive letter, and I'll find out who the hell they are and sue them. No, good luck with that. Well, no, the, the bottom line is, is that we need to get the federal government and Bill Gates and high tech and everybody else out of our personal business. The fact that they're doing this is a direct violation of our right to privacy, and they have no right to invade us in this manner. But what are we doing? We are allowing it. And as long as we allow it, they're going to continue to do it. Well, that's true, until people rise up. I mean, I mean, you know, Ted Cruz is trying desperately to get evangelicals in the church to rise up and do something and stand up for what's right. And what's right is what is constitutional. And we still have a right to privacy in this country. So everything that Bill Gates is doing is wrong. He should be sued. I'd love to do a class action. Anybody want to sign up with me? The church has been silent on abortion for over a decade. They're not going to do it. Well, that's anymore. because there were plenty of them performed on church members. Well, there's plenty of church members that are uh, allowing this. Getting abortions. Stay home to, to stay home and not, not congregating at their own church. They're following the rules. Okay, so that. That brings me to something else. So Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz is actually what started this. That brings me down this roadway. So in Tennessee, there is a Senate race going on between <laughs> Ambassador Bill Haggerty and Dr. <laughs> Manning. Okay. Now this Senate race is going to shape up to be the most expensive primary in about ten years. I bet. Okay. And I'm not talking about just Tennessee. I'm talking about ever. And so I've been kind of following it to see kind of who pulls out big names and so forth. So Bill Haggerty's got President Trump, Mitch McConnell, and several others. Well, Dr. Manny has the paid endorsement of Senator Cruz. Senator Rand Paul has the paid endorsement of Mark Levin, which I did not know until today. Oh, yeah, uh, I heard the interview. Mm-hmm. It was good. As, as, well as, as well as a few others. Now, I've had interactions with uh, Democrat Manny Sethi. He's dirty. He's a snake. And he's going to get his ass kicked. Um, the fifth. But having <laughs> said that shows serious divides that I found quite interesting given who lined up behind Manny Seppi and who lined up behind Ambassador and, and listen, I'll use their titles that way I give them both respect. Dr. Seppi and Ambassador Haggard. <laughs> now Ambassador Haggerty, here's kind of how this is going to play out. Um, Haggerty's going to do very well in the Upper East Tennessee corridor from about 
all the way up. He's going to take that very heavily. Dr. Manny is going to do very well in Nashville and suburbs and do very well in Memphis. Um, it probably is not going to be enough to offset the Republican deluge that's going to happen in East Tennessee. So Haggerty's most likely going to win. And I know Trump's putting out a robocall for him next week. So, but this goes to illustrate some divide that we need to be mindful of going into 2024 when President Trump's not going to be on the ballot. Well, why do you think it is that um, Cruz and Paul would go against what the tr President Trump wanted? Um, it's a paid endorsement. It was a very well-paid endorsement. And before anybody says anything, that's not derogatory on anybody. It happens all the time. Um, Most of them are paid. Haggerty got his endorsement based on some interactions with Trump. Um, Sassy to his um, the only the only endorsement he could get without a paid endorsement would be from Mitt Romney, and Mitt Romney's endorsement would be like Chris and I in Tennessee. Right. So that'd be a death. The the problem is with with Dr. Sethi is that he is truly a Democrat. And if you look, I'm at sorry, him, what? He's a Democrat. He's a Democrat. And Running on a Republican to, ticket? Yeah. Yes, but I'll get, if you know anything, and this is kind of the local, this is where you get into the local people running his campaign. But anytime I hear the name of Chris Devaney or Chip Salzman, I know it's Democrat 2.0. And that's what we've got running both for the Senate and for Congressman Rose seat in the first congressional. So why, why is this important now? What happens here on the fifth is going to determine, is going to tell you how strong the president's coattails are. Going into a lot of races, Alabama being a big one. Yeah. Alabama Senate race between uh, Coach Tuberville and Flatstick. That's a big one, but. The one thing Tuberville's got going for him is that Tuberville is a god in Alabama. Everywhere except everywhere except for uh, Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa don't like him, but they're not going to vote for him anyway. So go Auburn. Uh, go ahead. I heard it, Sethi had applied to work in the Obama administration and he, he approved he approved of Obamacare. He does in fact approve of Obamacare. He always has. He was one of the doctors that signed the letter asking that it be implemented. Well if that's the truth then somebody should reach out to Senator Cruz and inform him of that because uh, bottom line is is that Ted does not line up with Obamacare. He, he is aware of that. I, I'm pretty sure. Ted and and on top of the, and on top of that, um, President Trump was all for replacing it with something else. Uh, 
And the bottom line is, is that Obamacare needs to be repealed and health care needs to be sent back to the private sector because it's unconstitutional for them to be making laws on health care anyway. We can't do anything until November. We can't do anything until we take back the House. I know. I'm fully aware of that, Barbara. It's just like the House is passing all these bills, but none of them are going to see the light of day, too. I, I get it. Well, the House, Pelosi knows her days are done. Okay, she's done. Even the whole Democrat the Party needs to be done. Even if the Democrats it's going to be by a slimmer majority, and she doesn't have enough support in her own party to remain speaker. The smart thing for them to do would be to put their heads together, name Newt Gingrich as Speaker of the House, and watch the party. Yeah. Well, I think Kevin McCarthy is going to speak. Watch them freak out. Watch head explode, heads explode. Because, yeah. by the way, you do not have to be an elected member of Congress to be the Speaker. Right. For those of that are wondering about that. Anybody can be Well, wondering. we know about your love affair with Newt Gingrich, so that's all right. We'll pass. <laughs> all right. I got news for you. To have the house, there'd be a whole lot of things changing, buddy. Oh, yeah. He did, did a great job the first time as speaker, and I think he'd do a great job the second time. Yeah, but aren't we trying to get rid of career politicians? Yeah, but I wouldn't want to get rid of him because he came yeah. to town with a job and he got it done, did he not? Yeah. They contract with America for 97 days. They said they did, they did it in 97. Now that is result. Which, by the way, I saw an ad today on Fox News. I one of the trolls that puts ads up under in the comments. I happen to notice that it says, um, Trump, no wall, what was it? No wall, no cure, uh, a bunch of other things. And lo and behold, this evening, the Supreme Court ruled that the Trump administration could that the Trump administration could do what? You're breaking up. Continue the wall. Continue the wall. They stop the funding because he's right. built 402 miles of wall. Yeah. But now they're starting to get, the wall is starting to get into areas that are high illegal traffic areas. So as this wall is going up, people aren't able to cross it. Well, that's the point, isn't it? (laughs) The executive order of President Trump not allowing individuals to be counted for uh, redistricting, I think, is a wonderful move, and that's going to cause a lot of upheaval in several states. Hmm. Wasn't that the purpose of the census? Well, the census is to count 
legal people. Yeah, U.S. citizens. It's but not the count. Democrats would like you to believe it's to count everybody in the country. It's not. It's to count citizens. Well, I understand that, but there's no citizenship question on the census. So, oh well. Well, I think I, I think you're going to find there are some questions on there that, if answered in a certain way, would lead people to believe you're illegal. Because I filled it out. I went all. Well, I did too. I, I did too, and uh, and I sensed that too. But still, um, AOC worked real hard to keep that question off of there because Trump wanted it put back on, and apparently they had this big congressional hearing about um, whether or not it should should appear on the census, and AOC won that little battle. The Supremes got involved in that, actually. The Supreme Court is the one that ruled that it was too late to put it on the census form, and that if the president wanted it, the way the, the administration went about asking for it, the Supreme Court smacked it down and said, hey, you didn't follow the procedure to do this. Right. It was procedural. I knew that. Yeah. So that's that. And but one of the things that, that I need everybody to, one of the things we do on this show is we try to teach people um, how the political machine works and how things done. And one of the things that we focused on has been polling. Because polling has went from being a mechanism that told you what public opinion was to being a mechanism to tell you what public opinion will be. In other words, it's being used to shape public opinion, not the other way around. So Rasmussen, which, by the way, Rasmussen and uh, John McLaughlin of the McLaughlin Group, those two polling entities are, are pretty accurate. Okay? Um, now, when I say that, some of their national polling was skewed in 2016, but as it got closer to time, their polling came home, and they were a lot better. They were still outside their margins of error, but they still, they got a lot better. So Rasmussen has a poll. Sorry. <laughs> I think the polls are a crock of crap. <laughs> Depends on who you call there, guy. <laughs> How many Democrats did you poll? Uh, well, uh, 46. 46 I, I'm telling you, come on, I have seen more polls described on Fox, on Fox News about how bad Trump was losing. I'm sorry, their, their polls are a crock of crap, just like the media is. They know better than that. finish my point Sure. The polling data, when you look at the polling data, there are a few look at. How weighted was your poll? So, what areas did they poll, and how weighted was the poll? For example, if the primary part of your poll comes from the District of Columbia, 
you need to ask 18 Democrats for every one Republican. You need 18 Democratic responses for every Republican to have an accurate barometer of the Okay. If you go to Indiana, you need almost the exact opposite. You need 14 Republicans for every one Democrat. Okay. Otherwise, that's well, that would happen in here in Indiana. <laughs> Otherwise, if it's not a 14 to 1 margin, it's going to be accurate. Okay. So I saw Rasmussen's poll, and what's the first thing I did? I looked at where Rasmussen asked the question and what was the weighted response. Okay? Trump's approval rating. Trump approval rating is at 50%, according to Rasmussen. Now, that's up seven percentage points. So, I went looking at the numbers to think, okay, more Republicans than they are Democrats. Or the independent number is too high, or whatever the case may be. And lo and behold, what did I find? But that this poll was very well weighted, and it was done in, get this, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Minnesota. It was also weighted correctly to the number of Democrats, Independents, and Republicans in all three states, respectively. So what does that tell me? That tells me, A, that his approval rating most likely is hovering at about 50-51% across the entire country when weighted properly. But, everybody to listen to this part. What have I told you since 2016? What have I told you about the magic number of 12? There is always a 12% factor out there that will not talk about it. So, that into account. Also, look at how black were polled. Okay? I looked at that number because that really interests me. And Trump's numbers, what I told you, his percentages were going to be this election cycle with black voters. And his black voters that identify as either Republican, Independent, or Moderate Democrat. His numbers at 24 percent. 24. Listen, Republicans normally get about eight. I need everybody to understand that. And the Hispanic number that was predominantly higher in Wisconsin, which I found kind of interesting, but it was under Republicans. Mm. And Republicans and independents, his number is greater than 50% with independents, and right at 30% with Democrats. Those are high numbers. Okay? That's something to watch. Now, because Rasmussen released this, I'm about willing to bet that the media is going to start taking hold of that and be like, um, okay, Houston, we have a bit of a problem. Because the narrative they're trying to 
people ain't buying. I think the media is going to talk them down from from now until election day because that's what they do. In fact, when in 2016, when Trump won the primary, up until that point, Fox was back and forth, back and forth. But Trump was always in the background. They talked about Jeb. They talked about Marco Rubio. Didn't give Ted Cruz hardly any time at all on Fox. But, boy, they sure did have Trump because uh, what's that guy's name? Bill O'Reilly. He had him in his corner until Hannity picked him up. After he won the primaries, then Hannity picked him up. Uh, so Trump was always in the background on Fox the entire time. He was the only consistent candidate on Fox the whole time until the primary was over. Mm-hmm. Well, and then everybody, everybody did an about face. Even Mika and Joe were talking with Trump on the phone. Come on. Don't you remember that? So, I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird season for sure this time because of this coronavirus. And are we going to have a DNC convention? Are we going to have, did y'all hear the police stood down with regard to the, the, the Democratic convention? They said they gave notice that they weren't going to uh, work for it. Well, they want to defund the cops. I wouldn't work for it either. Well, Exactly. So, uh, but anyhow, I had heard that this week, and also um, that they've uh, that Trump is going to, I guess, handle the convention differently. Whatever, you know. Honestly, I'm glad. I hope they save the money because it could be better spent elsewhere. He'll be appearing in Charlotte to accept the nomination, but the one uh, in Florida has been canceled. So I was just reading an article here uh, that Chris Wallace is challenging Biden to follow Trump on Fox News Sunday. He says he is um, called out, called out uh, Biden for the not appearing on the show. Yeah, he's been answered this week. Hold on. Good. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Chris. There is so much uh, feedback on this line. I can barely hear any of you guys. Well, Barbara's feedback, she's just naturally low. I can barely hear her myself. But the feedback's coming from me. But that's just, it's going to have to be that way. There's no way around it. Until I get off the well, Sometimes you're... Qu- Sometimes you're clear as a bell, but other times it's like you're breaking up pretty bad. It's hard to understand what you're saying. I went through some bad. I went through some bad zones for the phone, so I should be out of them now. Well, the issue is with Chris Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace, you know, he wants to get Biden in the hot seat. The thing is, Biden's not going to do any interview that gives anybody any talking points. Okay. Right. And any interview that that man does, Barbara, he's going to have it's going to be scripted down to the answer, which is why, by the way, Notre Dame pulled out of the presidential debate. Did they really? Yes. Well, where so, are they going to have it? 
Um, I think they're they're trying to go to a virtual format, so basically Joe Biden can cheat. Oh, I'm certain of that. That's just stupid. Well, I think if enough pressure gets put on them, they can have it on a stage six feet apart. Listen, there ain't nobody can say that they can't do social distancing. That's right. That's absolutely. And wear their masks. You got that right. They need masks on when they're not supposed to be answering. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I've seen Trump wearing his presidential mask. I got to tell you, I have to go with what a reporter put. They said he looks pretty badass in his mask, and I have to agree. Big presidential symbol on the side there. Even Tr Trump even looks presidential in his mask. Biden looks like he's just hiding. Hiding Biden. Well, I I just, um, you know, it was really funny. I got to tell you guys this. Last weekend, I gave uh, my son-in-law and I through at our local, one of our local state park lodges, um, we gave my daughter a 40th birthday celebration. It was a surprise party. She was very much surprised, and it went over really good. Anyway, um, one of my family members, extended family members, they all came. His side of the family, my side of the family, everybody was there. <laughs> Towards the end of the night, one of my, my nieces stood up and said, hey, Aunt Jill. And I said, what? And he said, or she said, are you going to vote? You're going to vote for Joe Biden, aren't you? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and they all started cracking up laughing at the table because they know full well that I'm not voting for Biden. And they just wanted to see the look on my face when she asked me that question. Do <laughs> me a favor. Would you please explain to the audience the difference between write-in ballots? Barbara, you need to you need to get closer to the phone or something. Would you please explain? Should the audience the difference between write-in ballots and absentee ballots. I have been okay, well, you're talking about the, the mail-in ballots versus absentee. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. A, an absentee ballot is a pre-printed ballot that comes in your name with your information on it. And a general election ballot, which the ones for August are primary ballots, so it will say Republican or Democrat on it. Um, however, for the general in November, you'll get a ballot with your pre-printed name, your pre-printed information sent directly to you based on the voter rolls. A mail-in ballot is basically a blank sheet of paper that you fill in and that you cast your votes, you sign it, you seal it, you throw it in the mail. Um, anybody notice Democrats are really advocating for this process? Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. There is a reason why. Because it is impossible, and I stand by that word, impossible for election commissions to verify every damn ballot. Okay, because the way absentee ballots work, 
you fill out the absentee ballot, you sign it, you send it in. It better mm-hmm. match your signature. Mm-hmm. It, it better match the signature. You've got a signature card when you sign your voter registration card. Registration, if, that's right. If it doesn't, that ballot is thrown in the trash. With mail-in ballots, much like Washington State already does, and by the way, they have a high number of fraud, mm-hmm. um, the issue that, that you've got are you're going to have thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of votes in just about every state that's going to go for Democrats, while Republican ballots are going to be, oops, oh darn, I lost them. Because who do you think the Postal Service the national postal carriers support, and they have they will have access to every ballot. Mm-hmm. Oh, can, can y'all hear me? Yeah, can y'all have uh, someone? And I meant screen uh, do a screenshot on it. Someone here in my little city, north of uh, Murfreesboro, south of Nashville, put out on one of the city Facebook pages that the post office was slowing down the service. Yes, they are, but only in certain areas. Well, let me tell you, one of the reasons that was very detrimental, you know, our friend Michelle Gallagher Foreman, who was one of the ladies who was leading the recall efforts to Mayor Munchkin Cooper, uh, they held a bunch of their ballots up. Wow. And they they told them that they didn't have them, they didn't know where they were, they misplaced them. They held a bunch of them up and sent them back to the people who sent them in. Mm-mm-mm. So we cannot trust the mail. We can't even get a regular mail, much less get votes in our United States. Well, postal carriers are well aware that Republicans want to chop. Wednesday and Saturday off of mail delivery. Hmm. They also are aware that Republicans do not want to bail out the Postal Service yet again to the tune of $15 billion. Yeah, yeah. they're still wanting to bail out. Like a candy shoe stores. Yeah. Well, it's because of their it's because of their pensions. Their pensions are the problem. Their pensions and their model, they never let anybody go or fire anybody. And they never cut their budget. They never trim their budget. And they haven't modernized like any other company would have done by now. Well, because they've been propped up, not by the federal government, because they don't receive any direct money from the federal government. So don't let anybody tell you they do. What it is is they're supposed to make a $15 billion payment every year to the feds to cover well, what has happened is for the past seven years, they've not made those payments. Wow. So the government funds these pensions without the Postal Service paying. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if we ran a business like that, we'd go broke. Yeah, yeah. long time ago. In jail. All right, Mark, are you there? Yes, he's showing. Mark?
Oh, Hello, folks. How y'all doing? I'm fine. How are you? You went to, you went to say something earlier and got cut off, so I'm just following back up. Oh, what I said earlier was probably that Ted Cruz didn't even know that he paid that guy, that he that he uh, did a paid endorsement for that kid. Mm-hmm. Well, you know it. That could be true too. I also, have. You have to look at what's going on with that race as in what you see in other states like California where you have your, you know, your state's very, very red. So you're going to have uh, Democrats that are, that's going to pose as Republicans so they could try to get elected. Same thing in California where you have uh, Democrats that uh, you have Republicans that run as Democrats. Same thing in New York. It's, it's it's all it's it's everywhere really, but this kid isn't going to get any traction. I think anyone with Trump's coat that's riding Trump's coattails is going to be very successful come uh, November, no matter what the polls say. Wow, well, I'm inclined to agree with you in in that regard. Well, also, I said, uh, I'm sorry, Trump's election. Is a is a ninety ninety three percent chance that Trump's going to get reelected in the model? Well, that one scientist, that one scientist that has it at ninety three point four right now. That's ninety three point four. Also, when are the, if the Democrats really thought Joe Biden was going to win this thing, they would want the election held today, not with voter. Not with ballots that that's mailed out. They would want people in person to get those ballots and run with it. Mm-hmm. Also, if this virus was so bad, how come the essential workers that check out your groceries at the local Walmart, how come those folks aren't dropping dead from COVID? I think we're at the point where the American people are said, you know what? This COVID shit is just BS. And come November, they're gonna make their they're gonna make their their voices heard that with what they think of what the Democrats have been doing for the last six months. Well, Democrats and thought it's not pretty at all. Poor Nancy is gonna have is gonna have to have a a, a job counseling session right before she. <laughs> All those Democrats leave office in in, uh, in January, like like she did for uh, in 2011. It's going to be laughable, and the media, for as um, malevolent as they think they are, the media is going to get this one wrong just as much as they got it wrong in 2012. Actually, you all you already hear on on certain news uh, channels that. Oh, we're blaming China for this one, that the, China, the Chinese were interfering. Because a few weeks ago, there was a push for, for – uh, the, pre, the president made a push for uh, the Chinese to start letting uh, American agriculture be sold into, into China. That's part of the trade agreement that was signed a few months ago. Well, the, the, uh, the media is calling that the uh, – Trump pandering to China to help interfere with the election. So you're going to have that. 
the only thing you won't have is come up, come January 4th or January 5th, you're not going to have a Democratic-controlled Congress that's going to tie up the president in uh, impeachment investigation. And poor Jerry Nadler is going to uh, wear his he's – he's not going to be on a, any um, oversight committee with his pants up to his, out, his nipples. <laughs> talking about how everything is full. It, everything is uh, it, it's nothing. Also, Humphrey will have a really big fall come uh, when he starts getting investigated. Because um, I'm sorry, Humpty, but uh, you got a little bit. You got a few cracks in your uh, your legal scheme. But other than that, that's what I had to say. Y'all have a lovely afternoon. Bye. Oh, wait, I call him Java the Hutt. <laughs> Well, that was quick in, quick out. I think he's still here. He, <laughs> I was absolutely appalled at how the Democrats treated Attorney General Barr. Oh, I know. I didn't catch it. That's, you know what? They did the same crap to the, anybody that had anything decent to say about Trump during the oh, impeachment hearing, too. It was just, it, it, yeah. I I missed it the first time, but I watched it when C-SPAN rerun it and watched yeah. it for the entire four hours. And I was just flabbergasted. I mean, I mean, I know they can be cruel, but damn, this one, Madeline Dean, she's from Texas. I call that, I call that, Barbara, a, um, that was not a congressional hearing. That was an, that was an abuse session performed by Congress uh, so that the Democrats could abuse our Attorney General. Yeah. That's what that was. I think, was. Attorney, I think the I Attorney know. General handled himself quite well. Oh, I do too. I, you know, I do too under the circumstances. But it got to the point where, I mean, you know, if they're going to televise this stuff, they're going to have to realize, you know, they're all, they're all mimicking Maxine Waters. She's the one who started that reclaim my time crap. Yeah. Reclaim my time. Reclaim my time. You know, Jaipal or whatever her friggin' name is. Jaipal or I call her Jaipal. I'm losing my temper. Damn so am I. But y'all notice the one, the, 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 the big one is, is Johnson out of uh, Georgia who's reclaiming his time. What I would love to have Bar had sit bar to say is um representative johnson i'm pretty sure that at the time uh you could have all the time you want just i just want to say that guam isn't gonna fall into the ocean sir guam isn't gonna fall into the ocean and uh we need to investigate your ass too wow <laughs> the one i got really mad at was madeline dean and she's from pennsylvania and she's the one that was wearing the glasses. And she says, I can't believe how you're disrespecting members of Congress. Disrespecting? My God. I left her a not-so-cordial message on her voicemail. <laughs> I can't tell you what I said. You know, the, the, the bottom line is, is that every one of those congressional people need to be knocked down a peg or 20. That's what they need. They need to all realize that their shit still stinks 
and that we don't want to have, we don't have to, our regular people, like an Attorney General, an honorable Attorney General Barr is what his sign said on his desk, should not have to tolerate that kind of abuse. And that's what I would have called it if I had been him. I don't need to sit here and tolerate this abuse. If you call me in to answer questions, let me answer the question. If you want to just sit and berate me, then you go ahead and do it on your own time. I'm out of here. That's what he told Dean. That's what he told Dean. Peace out, people. That's what I'd have done because that's crap the way they treated him. No, I'm not, it has nothing to do with whether or not he stood up for himself well. He did fine. They treated him like crap. And, yes. and you know what really bothers me about that is that the Republicans sit back and allow it to go on as if it's okay. So they need to take their asses down off their self-imposed pedestal too and call each other out for their bad behavior. That's what they need to do. Jim Jordan, well. come back. he kept saying, are you going to let the man answer the question? You know, this Barbara, is, can't hear you. I said Jim Jordan did speak up for him several times, um, you know, and said that, you know, this is a hearing, and you're asking him questions, and you're not letting him answer them, you know, so. When I say speak, uh, doing something about it, they should be censuring people that act like that in Congress. That's what they should be doing. Just like they should be expelling Ilhan Omar for doing what she's done with her campaign financing. The latest one is another 600, what was it, 1.2 million total to her new husband, which means it's in her pocket. And we wonder how these people get rich. It will never happen while Nancy's in charge. Yeah, well, that that girl needs to be voted out, and if she's not voted out, then they need to get rid of her. She needs to be expelled. They have an expulsion that is available to them. Why they don't hold accountable and use it is beyond me. Well, they can't do it right now. When we take back the house, we could do it. Well, even if you take back the house and expel a member, requires a supermajority. Yeah. They'll shut her down, though. When we take back the house, they'll shut her down good. And AOC. Uh, they'll be put on the subcommittee. Yeah. Imagine AOC on the, on the committee for finance. Are you kidding me? Wow. Yeah, she's kind of lucky because most freshmen congressmen don't get a committee for nothing. Oh, I know. That's why I was so surprised. When, all the when, when did they, de- when, since, by the way, since you're, um, you, you and Mark are, um, you know, degreed in political science, when did they create all these committees? Um, they've, they've come about over a period of years. Yeah, yeah. Well, when, when did they start them? It's basically a place to hide money. Uh, back in the yeah. late 1800s. Yeah. That's it was when Congress got some nuts and decided to oversight it. That's how all these committees came into play. And Maxine Waters is the chairman 
of the finance committee. Oh, I know. I wonder well, how that many. That just got to be there forever. Well, I'm sorry. She needs to get out forever. That's. Well, the only thing getting out forever are the people in California. There are a whole whole lot of people living in California. My cousin's gone. California may lose two congressional seats. What? They what? They may lose three congressional seats. Good. They need to. I saw that. So let Walwells be one of them. Doesn't he irritate Oh my lord, that that man. He th- he thought if he grew a beard, he'd look a little bit older and more mature. But it, it, it maybe he'll fart fart on camera for everybody again. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Did everybody see? I haven't seen it since, but I did post it. That Diane Feinstein is congratulating China for becoming a respectable nation. Are you sure that's not satire? <laughs> no, no, this is this is real. This is Democrats real. Yeah. are trying to saddle up to China. Why? They're an enemy. They are an enemy. That, that is a fact. And how much debt are we into China? Nothing. We don't know them. Oh, really? Okay. That's good to know. I know people like, people like to talk about that, but we don't know them. It's crap. Well, I hope it's true because, I, yeah, there's been a, a lot of talk about that. Well, people talk about the national debt and them cashing in, blah, blah, blah. But here's the deal. Most people don't realize this. Realize we hold just as much Chinese debt as they hold of ours. Well, there you go. We own, we own debt from Germany. We own debt from Japan. We own debt from... Korea, we own debt from Vietnam. I mean, we've got, as far as the debt owner, we're second only to China. Now everybody's up in arms because President Trump is... Do y'all know what the origin of this whole national debt issue came about? It was a way to criticize Ronald Reagan in the, in the later part of his term. Because under the Reagan administration... He, they spent about roughly $4 trillion, and that was the, the, Republic, the Democrats who spent all of this money, but it was also for national defense. The reason why the U.S. won war is that the U.S. just outspun. So when all the, all the numbers were looking great for Reagan, that he was going to be one of the most popular presidents, in the history of this country, they tried to find a way to get to, to take him down a peg. So the argument was the national debt. Look what the look what he did to the national debt. 
He raised it by $4 trillion. And ever since then, that's when you hear those numbers. You had that clock in, uh, in Times Square with the national debt on it. You have everyone talking about right now, oh, if we're going to hit $30 trillion on the national debt before the election and all this blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. The president can forgive the national debt with the wave of a finger because it's not real money. It's inflated money on paper. That's right. Just like the lottery numbers. When you see the lottery number at $117 million, well, it's not really $117 million. That's what it would be in 20 years. Yeah. That's why when you take that payout, it's a lot less because that is a what's called a guess, Smith. It's an annual. Oh shoot! What do they call those stupid things? APR? No, no, no. It'll come to me in a minute. But anyway, that's what the lottery is. When you see those numbers, that's not what's in that account right now. That's what it would be with annual payments over 20 years. That's the maturity on the on the annual bond. That's what they that's what these are bonds. Okay, so when you take a cash payment, <laughs> the reason it's so much less is because the the number you see on that board is the future value that you take in present value, not the annual value. Call it. Called an annum. That's what it is. Pro annum value. You are when looking at it right now. The present value is whatever the cash amount you take, and then when you pay taxes, you pay taxes at 37 percent. So whatever that rate is, you take 37 percent off for the Fed and your state and all that crap. Well, there you go. You lose. You lose about 42 percent of it right off the rip. So to give you an example, it's $113 million for tonight, or 117, I think is what it is for tonight. So 117, its present value is about $70 million. After you pay your taxes, state, federal, local, you're going to walk away with about $35 million. Take that, put it in an interest-bearing account, compound it daily for six months, don't touch it, and off the interest after that. And you'll stay rich free. <laughs> on a million dollars, six thousand dollars a day. Just so everybody knows. So imagine what. What thirty-five million dollars in interest in six months if it's compounded daily? Yeah. And all it, all it is between standard interest and compounded interest, by the way, is you pay compounded interest is you pay interest on the interest earned. That's the only difference. So that six thousand dollars that goes in every day in interest because it's compounded 
you're paying for that interest too. Mm. So if you want to know how the risk keeps getting rid right there. Loan your money out to people charging interest rates today. Seems that uh, Rashid, whatever her name is, Talib, one of the squad, she's going to be primaried on Tuesday. Yeah, she she's one of the ones that could be unseated, depending on how bad the local coverage is. She needs to be unseated. Isn't she out of Michigan? Yeah. No, I'm Michigan. Michigan. Oh, that's Omar. The other one is the one. Talib is out of Michigan. Yeah, Talib's out of Michigan and Omar's out of Minnesota. See, a lot of her money, a lot of her donations have come from people around the world. And that means that she's beholden to the money people and not focused on her constituents. Well, All right, guys. Is there any final thoughts? I'm seeing a lot of um, posts on Facebook about uh, BLM buses being dropped off in Austin, Texas tonight. Well, I'm assuming yeah. that's for the next day. I know they're finding a lot of cocktails and other things around these. Chocolate. It's the next Uh chop house. Yeah, I think so too. So how soon is is President Trump going to issue the, uh, enact the Insurrection Act? I don't know. This can't go on forever. I mean, part of, this is just, part of me that could go on a little bit more, and at least until election day in August, see what the results are. You know something. You know something. I'm with Barbara. Um, the fact that this has gone on as long as it has is pathetic. And I've got one thing to say, and that is that the people who were in office during the Second World War would never have tolerated any of this. In fact, the National Guard would have been called up the very first day, and if they didn't take care of business, then they would have sent the military in. We don't screw around. Look at Waco, okay? You don't take whack jobs and let them do the kind of crap that they've been pulling. There isn't a person I know that doesn't think that the kind of craziness that's come out of the Democrat Party is worthy of allowing this to continue for any length of time whatsoever. They are writing, they are using, once again, the black community mm-hmm. to bring in anarchy into our communities. And if President Trump does not step up to the plate, I'm going to tell you right now, he wants to win a re-election. He can do it if he takes care of business and does it right now. The longer he lets it go on, the more he's given Biden a chance. That's my prediction. 
No, he's in a catch twenty. Yeah. No, he's not. His job is to protect the citizens of our country. And if the local city people, elected officials, and the state people don't take care of it, it is his job. Now that's the end of it. Actually, that's where you're wrong. It is his okay, job. national security is not is it's not his ballywick. Come on, give me a break. Well, I'm about to educate. You. Yeah, I know. Congress is the one that has to bring on war, right? And we don't use our military in, on our own soil. Well, we also don't have insurrection going on in our own soil usually either. So it is kind of unprecedented. And that's when you have a need for either Congress or the president, one of the two, if not both, to step up. Uh, can I point out that the National Guard, the leader of the National Guard is the governor of each state? That the only way that the National Guard can be used by the presidency is... That's why I said them first. And then if they don't take well, care of business, then the president should step in and fix it. Okay, so... So me, you want to go do away with federalism. Because what, what, what he's doing is a, a textbook example of federalism. He's letting the state screw themselves. And what was right. going to end up happening is... The citizens are going to be begging the president to step in, and by that uh, time, that's what needs to happen. You use the Insurrection Act. So here's the problem. Yeah. With, there is a problem with the Insurrection Act. Okay? The Insurrection Act requires a posse comitatus. The Insurrection Act requires the suspension of posse comitatus. And that's a whole new bailiwick within itself. The president can send troops in. But listen, just like in Rodney King, when troops were sent in, just like the riots in Los Angeles, when troops got sent in, just like in Detroit, when troops got sent in, the issue is the feds are very limited at what they can do unless they're invited in by the local government. Okay, and like in Chicago, when the mayor asked for the feds to come in, she finally did ask for them to come in, but she limited what they could do. And that is, they can help solve old murders. They have a backlog of like 300 murders that the feds can help solve. That's all they can do. Otherwise, the only thing the feds can do inside of a municipality is protect federal property. Okay courthouses, um, any federal buildings that might be there besides the courthouse, that's all they can do. Okay? The National Guard can be called up. The National Guard can be activated and utilized by the president. However, inside the state, the governor has to give them the order to, to, in essence, declare martial law. The president can declare it. He can limit it to a certain area, but that's political suicide. Not even Trump would risk that. So, so what should the the citizens just take up arms and go on in and take care of business themselves? Because I'll tell you what, that's what this community will do. Well, do you know our sheriff will deputize the men in this in this town, and we'll take it back real quick. And you know what? Those people may come in here, but they ain't going to leave. 
I'm going to tell you that right now. They're holding them in the heart of liberal countries. But you have it in Portland, Oregon, and Seattle. But you know, oh, I know where it's happening. Once they make the mistake of going to conservative areas, then it's on. But they're not yeah. going to make that mistake because the purpose of this whole thing is to put up a show for those people that may be persuaded to right. vote for Trump. If for those blacks that are been, that are starting to support Trump, that's where this is all targeted. So you go into those inner, inner cities and you cause as much chaos as possible. You cause as much black lives crap as possible because you don't want those people on the fence to leave the plantation. That's why you have all of this crap going on right now. It's like the NBA. The NBA restarted itself the other night. The first thing they've done was they took a knee. Why did they take a knee? For solidarity. No, because they know that blacks who may support Trump are going to be watching that. And because, oh, look, the NBA, which is a predominantly black organization, mind you, if they're going to kneel in, in solidarity with Black Lives Matter, and Trump's not, Trump's not for Black Lives Matter, so that, it's all a political show, and it's all a political game. If this was not an election year, not a damn thing that's going on on the news would be happening right now. Okay, so take COVID. We have 2.8 million people that died in 2018. And not to make light of anyone's life, all human life, is, it does matter. And so the, the 150,000 people that have died with COVID, I feel horrible about that. But that doesn't even measure up, that barely measures up to the people that die from Alzheimer's every year. Do, do y'all remember uh, the swine flu in 2009? How many people died of that? A lot more than what's going on right now. Did you hear anything about yeah. it on the news? No. Well, you know why? Because it wasn't election year. And because Trump, because it wasn't Donald Trump in office. It was the Prince Obama. That's what you have. You have, one, it was not an election year. If it was an election year, you know, damn well it would be on every news story, and we'd be quarantined. Well, it's an election year. Is COVID real? Yes, but the response to COVID are made up. And I, I, I fully believe that it is made up, especially when you, the fact that you have people around the, the world who are not, are not closing their economies and their country down because of COVID. The U.S. is doing it because it's an election year. And people overseas are seeing this. There's, there's uh, international media who's going, well, we don't understand what America's doing. They're shutting their economy down, which in turn is going to hurt the rest of the world. Why? Because right. it's an election year. Also, the, the idea of closing of or we're going to reopen schools. Okay. The U.S. canceled schools. The rest of the world did not. They have yet to find a case where a child has transmitted the virus to a, a teacher on an international level. And I don't think so. Also, the swine flu was more contagious 
more deadly and still has lasting effects. Did we get a vaccine? <coughs> yes, to a certain extent, because it's part of the flu regimen now, the, the flu shot regimen. But did we shut down in, in 09 for this crap? No. Did we trash the economy for this crap? No. Why are we trashing the economy, which has been soaring for the last three years? Because we're afraid something's going to get reelected. And that's pretty much it. Everything you see right now is because of Trump being reelected or Trump it being an election year. Same thing with Black Lives Matter. Notice that Black Lives Matter only pokes his head out of the sand every four years. It started in 2011 with Trayvon Martin, but it made itself known in 2012 because it was an election year. It also made itself known in 2014. Why? Because it was an election year. It made itself known again in 2016 because it was an election year. And in 2018 because it was an election year. Same thing with Antifa. It's an election year. We've got to have a Antifa. Um, also, you're going to have all of these, these names of people like Freddie Gray, um, Michael Brown, oh, the, the laundry list of black, on, black men killed by cops because they weren't following the law. <clears throat> that happens in an election year, by the way. Well, most of this has to do with with election year politics. All right. Having said that, it's time to say goodbye. Remember, you've got to stand for something. Freedom isn't free. Thank you, soldier, for without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. Thank the families of soldiers for without them and their support, we wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. This is the political Superman saying, have a good night, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.